Good morning. I was uh, thinking the other day just about how fast this summer has gone. I mean, I remember the last day of school thinking, man, I'm not going to have to get up this early and, and drive Abby to school, and this is going to be great. We're going to have months to, like, sleep in and do stuff and just goof off, and then here we are. School's getting ready to start, and I was thinking, man, it just flies. And then that starts me thinking about the larger picture in this year and and launching this, this church and this community of faith and, and meeting so many of you that, that have come to know not just us as a church, but this walk and this life with God and how fast this year has gone. I mean, I, I, I still think back to January and the, the snowstorm in February and think, man, where did the time go? And I just realized, the, really, the older we get, it seems the faster time moves. And then when you have kids, uh, it, I tell couples when they get married, get ready, because time hits warp speed. And then when you have kids, it's just, it flies. And we can get so caught up in going so fast in life that we've got to find some way to slow down. And, and I don't know if you're like me, but I can get, I, I like routine and I like rhythm. And the beginning of the school year is kind of hard for me because I'm trying to establish a new rhythm and a new routine. And I can remember even when I was in school, I didn't like the first month of school. I preferred that, that kind of middle of the year, in the grind, and you know what you're supposed to be doing. You've got your routine down, your schedule's down, and you can just be, you can crank it out. And that's, where, that's really where I like to be. And so these times are a little bit challenging for me. And, and we can get moving so fast that, that it just flies by us and we feel like we haven't done anything with the time we've been given. And I can look back on the summer and think, man, did I, what did I really accomplish this summer? And, you know, we got a vacation in there. We went and visited one of our partner churches, Mosaic, and we, you know, we, we've done things as a family. And, I mean, I just, where did it go? And we this morning we're going to talk about fasting to slow down and it's kind of a, an irony, if you will, that we're talking about fasting and going fast, and this art and act and discipline of fasting we're going to be teaching through is really designed to slow us down. And we've been teaching through the book of Matthew, and uh, if, you're, if you've got your Bible, go to Matthew chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, we, we have some up here that we can get to you, that you can write in, make your own, and uh, let that be our gift to you. And... Um, we're going to be teaching through Matthew 6. When we launched this church, we decided, you know, let's let's teach through the Gospel of Matthew so Jesus can teach us instead of us trying to approach Scripture and figure out what we want to teach and learn and kind of pull the diamonds out, if you will. We're just, we're plowing through the book of Matthew. And I really believe if you experience Jesus for who he really is, your life will be transformed. It's not my ability to communicate who Jesus is. It's not our our visual ability or our musical ability as a band for you to really experience who Jesus is. It's it's what God has given us in his word. And the words are life and that they are designed and breathed by God to breathe life into us. And so when we approach the scripture, we approach it with a holy reverence. And we're going to teach through we've been we've been looking at Jesus and Jesus is this is where he starts his ministry. He's been teaching. We talked a couple weeks ago about uh, giving last week about prayer. 
And these are three disciplines that Jesus talks about that were really given to us by God in order for us to give Him glory. And, and He's given us these disciplines to live out so that we can know Him and make Him known. And, and sadly, churches and ministries have really perverted this message. They've abused this discipline and, and really it's being lorded over people so that we've designed church to be able to be a machine of giving under compulsion and praying to get what you want. And today we're going to approach fasting. And let me just tell you, that is not how Jesus set the stage here. I, I honestly get a little bit perturbed by some of, some of the, the teaching out there about giving and about prayer and especially about fasting, because we've designed it in a way that, yeah, we've made it closed off, and I don't even want to be a part of a church like that. If our church gets that way, I'm leaving. So you don't have to worry about it. I'll be the first one out the door. You know, I think, actually, I think the first one out the door will be God. God will be like, that was a good thing going, but I'll see you later, man. You've made it all about you, and we're not going to get that way as a church. You've got your Bible. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. And um, when we talk about fasting today, our goal when we leave, if you've got your note sheets, and I've, I'm getting better about making sure you have all the fill-ins, but if you've got your note sheets, our goal this morning is to create a deeper meaning of fasting. I, I think we've grown up really right or wrong. We've had giving beaten into us. If you've grown up in church, you know what I'm talking about. Um, if you've grown up in church, you've, you've been taught very well about the discipline of prayer but fasting is one of those things that we kind of move to the side because we don't always understand it or it's not always the, the, the best draw for a crowd, if you know what I mean. Hey, come on, we're going to talk about giving something up. We're going we're gonna to talk about being hungry. You know, join us. Hey. And so, um, but we're going to create a deeper meaning of, of fasting. And fasting is not a religious act. Honestly, it's not even an exciting act if you think about it. This, this thought of foregoing, we'll, we'll use food, but foregoing food for a spiritual reason really doesn't appeal to me at all. My family, it doesn't appeal to my family because they've coined a term in our household, grungry. It's grumpy, hungry. And when I hit that line, the, it, 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 things change. Okay, I become a different person. And, and if I don't get food in me very quickly then it just, it's a, it's a slippery slope, you know? I mean, it's, I can't predict what's going to happen, you know? It's, it's, I, could, I could end up like Rain Man in the airport, bashing my head, falling on the floor. I look like a three-year-old kid. And most of it happens when we're trying to figure out where we're going to go eat. You know, we've had this conversation. What do you feel like? I don't know. And you're just so hungry. You're like, I don't even care. I'll go eat a cardboard box if it's got gravy on it. I mean, come on. And, you know, give me some salsa and styrofoam. I don't care. And it, we, it just progressed to that point. And we're like, all right, first drive through. Matt's got to get some food while you all figure out what you're going to eat. And so the thought of food or fasting to me is not very exciting. But what is exciting is the object. The object is Jesus because fasting is all about Jesus. These spiritual disciplines that he teaches us is all about Jesus. Giving is not so we can get or so we can feel good. It's all about Jesus. 
when we pray, it's not about ourselves. It's not what, what we get from God. You know, that's we talked about that's a childish mentality. I want, I want, I want. I mean, if you've got kids, you understand how insane that can get at the store, at the checkout, where they beautifully place those things at kids' eye level. Like, ah, and they're making the aisles narrower, it seems, where the kids can grab them. You know, it's like, how did that end up in your cart? You know, I love watching the kids at the store now because I'm out, we're out of that phase. And if you're in it, I'll pray for you. I'll bless you. Man, you'll, you'll make it through it. Stay diligent. Stay the course. But I love at Walmart watching the kids in the baskets, and they can just reach it. And then strange things end up in the cart. Well, we're not childish with our prayer. It's not what can we get from God. It's all about our intimacy with God. And this morning as we move through fasting, it's all about tuning a different appetite to fill a bigger need. You see, Jesus really drives at the heart. He's not just talking about giving. He's talking about what's your motive behind it. He's not just talking about prayer. He's saying, what is your heart involved with? You know, are we truly connecting here? I can hear you talking, but are we connecting? And then when he hits fasting, he's hitting appetites, desire. And so we're going to go into that, that deeper meaning. Have you ever... Um, when you were younger, did you play little league sports, you know, like soccer? Or, you know, my kids, my, my oldest daughter played soccer, lost her tooth, first tooth on the soccer field. And I remember five of us dads crawling on our hands and knees looking for the tooth. You know, but did you ever think about this? When you played little league sports, it didn't matter who was in the stands as long as dad was there. You know, when, when you struck out, you looked to see if dad was when you made it to first base, you look to see if dad was there. And then when or in football, then when you score the touchdown or you make the tackle, you get up and you shake yourself off and you look and you see dad. Your audience is one. I mean, think about any kid that you see, you drive by the soccer fields and they'll be running down and they'll start looking. Where's dad? And when they score, it doesn't even matter what they do. They just want to know dad's there. They're playing for dad. But then when they get on TV, what do they say? Hi, mom. What's up with that? But but think think about when you played sports as a kid or your kids playing sports. They're playing and you were playing for an audience of one. There are spiritual disciplines that we do that we do for an audience of one. And when Jesus talks about when you give, don't do it so the others can see you. When you pray, do it in secret. When you fast, do it in secret. You're doing this for an audience of one. You're looking to please your Heavenly Father. You're looking to see Him say, I see you. I see you. I'm proud of you. I'm excited for what you're doing. So let's let's keep that in mind as we go through here. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to read verse 16 through 18. Jesus says this, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. Remember, that's his pet word you know, for his, his, the people that, that he really is trying for them to get it. If he, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. Um, but do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they receive their reward in full. If you've been here the last couple of weeks, that reward in full, it's the same paycheck Jesus is talking about that you've received your wages. Hey, you gave, good for you. You did it so everybody could see you've already gotten your reward. Oh, you prayed to look and show off how righteous you are, you've gotten your reward. 
and now you're walking around fasting, and you're like, oh, oh, I'm fasting, praise God. I can make it. Really, how long have you been fasting? About 15 minutes. No, but it's lunchtime, and I'm hungry. He's like, you've gotten your reward. That's your paycheck. And we told you, religion doesn't pay real well. It pays less than minimum wage and is more than willing to work you to death. And so this isn't about religion. We're talking about a connection with Jesus. He says, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You know, I've, I've read this several times personally and in preparation for our study and never in these verses through chapter six, never does Jesus say, do these things so that God will love you. Because that's what religion is going to throw at us. Religion is all about look at us. Religion is, is see how, how great I am. And what Jesus is talking about here is, is a connection with God that is above religion. That is more of an intimate relationship if you break it down so that there's a deeper connection. God gave us these acts. And honestly, there is a deeper connection with God when we do these things. And we do these out of the heart. And when we fast, we're feeding a different appetite. Let me just say this. The enemy, the devil, he does want you to be very religious with these acts. I think the devil would love for you to give out of a religious duty. Would love for you just to pray a religious prayer. And would love for you to fast just to be religious about it. Because then it becomes about us. See, the devil doesn't care about anything other than stealing God's glory. Period. I mean, we just happen to be caught in the middle here. It's not that the devil hates us. He hates God so much that he will do anything to steal that glory that we can give to God. And so the more religious we become about these duties and make them checklists, the more excited he gets because then we're in the trap. And we're not doing anything effective for God. We're not doing anything effective for the people around us. And, and all the while, people see us as the church and think, they're just religious. They're a bunch of hypocrites. Because they're doing these things to show how good they are, yet we see how they live. I don't want to be that way. I, I honestly don't. I want this to be about God. I want to everything in my life to give God glory. That no matter what I do, God gets the glory for it. And so let's talk through some of these questions here. Um, what is fasting? And when Jesus said, not if, but when you fast, you know, what is he talking about here? Let's understand this. Fasting is giving up a lesser thing to gain a greater. And it can include food. I've known people that have fasted sleep. Again, I wouldn't be hungry, but I would be grumpy. So I've known people that have fasted TV, caffeine, you know, one meal a day. I mean, it, let's not over-spiritualize this and get very legalistic about what you have to fast because then we've become just like the Pharisees that Jesus is saying, you're a hypocrite. You're putting all these restrictions on me. Fasting is giving up a lesser thing to gain a greater. It's feeding a more spiritual appetite than our physical appetite. And then we give that time to Jesus. And so 
What is fasting? It's giving up something and focusing that on God. You tracking with that? What is fasting not? I'm going to kind of move through these because I want to spend some time at the end here. What fasting is not? Fasting is not about me. Fasting is not about us. Otherwise, we fall into the same trap that the Pharisees did. And the Pharisees would fast. They would show men that they were fasting so they could show off their righteousness. Remember, Jesus is really attacking some motives here of the Pharisees. If you go back to the beginning of chapter 6, and this is all a continuous conversation. We've taken three weeks to speak through this. But Jesus is having one continuous conversation. And he's really attacking motives because the Pharisees, they could keep the law. I mean, they were very religious. They had it down. I mean, they, it, like I said a couple weeks ago, it was down to a science, this religion. And he was attacking them because when they gave, they would create this parade. They would take their tithe envelope and they would walk over like, look, I'm giving. There it is. Yes, you see that. You see me. When they would pray, they would look, they would make boisterous prayers. They would stand up in the streets and they would say, it is time to pray, you know, and they would look all just formal, I guess, or religious, uh, you know, the, something where we would want to make fun of them. But they would do this. And then when they would fast, they would they would put this somber look on them. It's so I can be close to God, but I'm more righteous than you. <laughs> and when we make fasting about us, it means that we think we're better than someone else. It means that we look at someone as an in-out mentality. Well, I'm inside the grace of God. The Pharisees believe this. I'm inside the grace of God. The grace of God is not for you because you're not good. Because you don't keep these acts good enough. And that's where Jesus creates this pet name that you pick up. And fasting should be something that really just highlights how poor we are. When I give and I pray and I serve, it should be out of a humility and a heart that, God, I don't deserve this grace, but I thank you for it. And we long to connect other people that feel like they don't deserve grace, and we love them and say, you do. God has grace for you. This is about us. This is about what God wants to do. And so fasting is never about you. It's all about God. Fasting is not a spiritual checklist. There's one day a year in the Old Testament that was prescribed for fasting. And it was on the Day of Atonement. One day a year. The Pharisees, so you can get some context here. The Pharisees fasted on Mondays and Thursdays. I have no idea why. Other than you're not going to fast on Sunday, especially with football season coming up. That's just, uh, you know, What? I, actually, they didn't have Monday night football then, but you got Monday night football, so how are you going to fast? But Friday night, that's typically family night to go out, so you can't fast on Friday. you know. So Mondays and Thursdays. I have no idea why. that. Maybe they just drew straws. I don't know. You know, played Pharisee, Pharisee bingo for fasting days. But they would fast on Mondays and Thursdays. And when they would do this, they would they would not clean themselves up so they had the appearance so everyone could see that they were fasting. They fasted not to gain a connection with God, but so people could see how righteous they were. I would much rather 
people look at me and say, man, that's a messed up man, but I've got God's grace, than for someone to say, that's a real religious man. Man, that guy, I wish I could pray like that. I wish I could give like that. I wish I could fast like that. I don't want that to be said of me. Here's the only thing I want said is when I stand before God that he looks at me and says, well done, good and faithful servant. Now, I'm not the best at these acts. And and I don't want to be. I want to be in God's grace so that I'm connected with him. It's not a spiritual checklist. Um, It's not a hunger strike. God doesn't give in to that. I know you've probably gone through this with your kids. Like, well, I'm just not eating be like, all right. Let me know when you're hungry. You know, and and some some parents I know have to give in to it because their kids like, I'm gonna call CPS because you won't feed me. No, 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 you're on a hunger strike. I'm just I'm just helping you. God doesn't give in to that. You know, you know what you will end up looking like spiritually and physically? A skeleton. God's gonna say, Man, I, I'm here for eternity. How much time you got? You know, I can wait. You know, a day to me is like a thousand years to you. (laughs) I'll see you tomorrow. Um, We'll talk about it tomorrow. Um, And it's not a diet plan. I know when you you fast, yes, there are some health benefits to fasting. If you Google fasting, there are health benefits. But it's not so, I mean, like I said, I work hard for this body. And and I better treat it right. But um, so it's not a diet plan. And I'll tell you, I I did a thing with our youth group about five or six years ago called the 30-hour famine. And uh, it was brutal. You know, for 30 hours, you go without food. But then to, to add the uh, dementia, I guess, from the fast, I brought about 100 teenagers together after they had fasted for about 15 hours. And the final 15 hours, we were doing a lock-in. And, uh, yeah, so Matt's grungry and has 100 and something teenagers who are the same way. We walk in the church, the women had a dinner that night, and they had fajitas. So the whole church smells like fajitas, and there's there's fajitas in the trash can because the women didn't eat it all. And so the cleaning crew wasn't coming on Friday night. They were coming Saturday. And so for 15 hours, we're in the church smelling fajitas. Kids were diving into the trash can. But, but what I liked about it is by the end of it, I was like, hmm, yeah, you know, 30 hours without carbs. My body's kind of sucking down a little bit. I was like, this is nice. I made it all about my gut, you know. Forget God. I mean, we were, we were fasting to raise money for kids in Africa. <laughs> Matt's gut got smaller. Woohoo! I'm going to try this every week. It's not a diet plan. There are dietary benefits to fasting, but it's not the focus. Okay, don't make it about your gut. Don't make it about your hips and thighs and butt and all that stuff. It's, it's not right. We'll go on. How do we fast? We fast for God only with a pure heart and a pure motive. And, and on your notes, this is important to understand this. We fast with our focus off of the world and our focus on God. What happens is we have an internal shift. We start focusing on something different internally so that externally we walk it out. 
my, my appetite and my desire for food gets focused to my appetite and my desire for Jesus. And we don't fast to bring attention to ourselves. You know, I understand you got to go to work. If you're fasting for a 24-hour period from food, I understand that someone may invite you to lunch. You know, and you don't have to go into the, well, I'm fasting, and so, you know, I didn't want to say that. Oh, no, great, there's my word. No, no, no. Here's what I recommend. Plan it. You know, if you're going to fast for 24 hours, you know, look at where you might not have a lunch meeting. Or if you do, just have, schedule other plans that day for lunch. Whatever it is, plan your fast. You know, where I've fallen guilty and victim to, to a hypocritical fast and, and where I end up leaving the fast feeling more guilty than more spiritual is when I just decide, I'm going to fast. I'm going to fast tomorrow. And then I forgot I had a lunch meeting. And I'm like, man, how am I going to fast around lunch meeting? And so I didn't eat breakfast. Okay, I'll just fast breakfast and dinner. Well, no, because I forgot when I woke up and I had cereal. I'm just going to fast TV. Ah, football, you know? And so I end up feeling more guilty. And that's the enemy going, yeah, see, you can't even fast right. It's because I didn't plan it. And so when you fast, how do you do it? You plan it. You, you set aside, you look and say, this is... And pray about it, really. This is what I'm going to fast, and this is how I'm going to go about doing this. Okay, don't make it legalistic, and don't get, don't beat yourself with this, but plan it. And then, you know, use that time for prayer, maybe to read scripture, to give or to serve. I've, I've known families that fasted as a family, and they decide, you know, we're going to fast one meal of dinner, this week. And what they decided to do is they went ahead and set the table like they were going to have family dinner. And instead of eating, they did a Bible study. They spent some time as a family in worship. They talked about what God means in their life. And they talked about what it would look like to, to live more of their life with God as the center. And so they sat at the family dinner table, and instead of having a meal, they spent that time talking about God and, and feeding on their appetite with God. And then what they did is they took that money that they would have spent on that meal and they gave it to, to one of the missions in their town. And then I've known families where instead of when they fast TV or they fast dinner, they use that time to serve in the community. You know, this week may be a good time to fast on Thursday as a family and serve at Agape. Now that's going to be a little bit of a challenge. You're serving food, but man, when you go through that, let, when you fast, let Jesus sustain you. Don't, don't fast from food and look at food and go, oh, I want that. Focus on Jesus. Let Jesus sustain you and say, Jesus, I know I want food. I'm hungry. But that's a reminder. My body's telling me how much I need you. How much I need you to sustain me how much I need to feed on your word, how much I need to feed on even your body, because Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I mean, you think about the very act of communion, where we partake of his, his body, the bread, and his blood, the wine. That is Jesus sustaining our life through his death on the cross. And fasting helps us slow down so that we can be reconnected to that.
so plan it. Is there a specified time? No, I've seen in the scripture where there's been one day fast, three day fast, seven day, 14 day, 21, 40. I don't recommend you go for 40 right now. You know, you, you know, please don't. You know, in about three weeks, we're gonna we're gonna force feed you um, if you make it that long. But pray about this, plan this. And so, this is all this spiritual discipline. Why do we do this? Well, let me say this: journal about your fast, take notes. When you plan it, say this is what I'm fasting for, and then make notes throughout your time. And so, why fast? So, when you plan, what are you fasting for? How do you set this up? What's this all about? And why do we do it? The first thing is it's a spiritual discipline. In in the passage that we read, Jesus didn't say, and if you fast, don't do it as the hypocrites do. He said, when you fast. Jesus knew the value of this spiritual discipline. But let's get above the kind of the basis here of just spiritual discipline. Let's get into some of the heart issues. More importantly, it refocuses our appetite for Jesus while denying other appetites. It's my ability to say, I'm not going to focus on this, I'm focusing on Jesus. We fast for spiritual battles. In Matthew 17, the disciples were trying to cast out a demon and they couldn't get it to come out. And Jesus was able to do it. And they said, how come you were able to and we weren't? He goes, some only happen by fasting and prayer. And so it's for spiritual battles. Maybe there's a sin that has a stronghold on your life and that battle and you feel like the enemy is just pressing you and pressing you and beating you down. And and fasting could be for this spiritual battle and praying for God to break these strongholds in your life. We fast to find direction. I believe when we feed that appetite for Jesus above our, our physical appetite and we seek his direction, it tunes us in to hear God's voice more clearly. And then the most important thing is for God's glory. Glory is an interesting word. We talk about that. Our mission statement here is to glorify God through lives changed by the message of Jesus. What is this thing about glory? What does it look like? There's a Hebrew word called kavod. And it means to bring weight. And then there's another Hebrew word that says kaved, which means to be renowned. Both of those words are used in Scripture to define and describe God's character and His glory. And so when we bring glory to God, we're bringing a renown and a weight to who He is. We're bringing, if you think about adding weight to something, you're adding substance. So when you think about bringing glory to God, you're bringing substance to who God is in your life. And here's the interesting thing that is so amazing about God. It's God who gives you the substance to then give substance back to God. You see what I'm saying there? And so when we give God glory, we're giving back to God what he's given us the ability to give him. I know it sounds crazy, but that's the way it works. That's the way faith is. And when we fast, we're saying, God, I'm giving you glory because I'm drawing close to you in this relationship and I'm bringing weight to our relationship. I'm bringing weight and substance to who you are. And God says, I can give substance to that. Watch this. And so what are the results of fasting? 
I think the first thing is we open up ourselves to more of God. See, when God tells us that he's brought us into this relationship with him, he says, I've given you the fullness of faith. I've given you the full measure, which means God has opened all of himself. He's made all of himself available to us. It just hinges on our ability at this point. How much of God do we want? And I think fasting opens us up to accepting more of God. And then fasting does give us, I think the result is God gets the glory. We give glory to God. So let me let me kind of close this down here. As we, as we exist to bring glory to God, I want to challenge you with something. And I'm challenging you this week to slow down and fast. To plan it. Maybe to spend time as a family talking about it because there are some logistical things that you have to think through to do this. But I'm asking us as a church community to fast so that we can give God glory. And in just a minute, I want to talk to us about what that looks like as a church. But let's let's pray and, uh, and let God open us up to that. Father, we love you. We thank you that you not only gave us uh, these spiritual acts of worship, of giving and prayer and fasting, but you modeled them. You gave your life for us. Father, you pray for us, and we're told that the Spirit intercedes on our behalf. And that you fasted before you went into the desert while you were tempted. And Scripture tells us in Hebrews that we have this high priest in Jesus who has faced everything that we can face, and he faced it perfectly. And it's through those spiritual acts of righteousness, Jesus, that you fulfilled that we can have life. And this morning, help us not to just leave here understanding fasting. Help us to leave here understanding that that you are the object of our desire. That when we taste and see, we know that you are good. Father, we ask that you open our hearts and our minds so that we can bring glory and weight and substance and a renowned reputation to you. That we can reflect your glory back to you. Father, instead of becoming consumers of everything around us, that we feed an appetite that is holy and righteous. Fill more than our stomachs. Fill our heart, our minds, our lives, our families, and our homes. God, as we lay down physical appetite for a spiritual appetite, we just ask that you begin to fill us. Blessed are those God, we ask that you fill us. We ask that, that 